Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-vibing friends. I am so excited you're here today with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Let's jump right in. So today, we're going to talk about mindfulness, um, but take it a little bit deeper and move into really how this can be a superpower for us because we hear the word mindfulness a lot and it kind of goes to this, yeah, that's pretty simple idea, but we don't really harness the beautiful powers that it can cause us. And I think that we also get in this place where the, in society, we look at, you know, the external world so much. We look at what's going on in our lives. We get consumed with what's going on in our lives. And we really forget to take that time to go within. And we act like that's something new for us to go within and be present within your body and really be in a state of mindfulness. But it's not new. And we understand this too on on more the the cognitive level, right? We understand it on the conscious level that we hear things like you can't fill someone else's bucket if yours isn't full, or you can't give what you don't have, or even think about the analogy on an airplane. When you're told that if the cabin loses air pressure, you need to put on your mask, but you need to put on your mask before you assist anybody else, right? Because you have to save your own life before you can save anybody else's. So this is what we understand on the conscious level, but when it goes into integrating this process into our lives, we're still in this place where we're in these people-pleasing behaviors. We're in kind of these rescuing behaviors. We want to help people before we can help ourselves, or we almost distract ourselves sometimes with looking at what other people have going on, or we even diminish what's going on within our own selves. One of the hardest things and things that really is a pet peeve of mine is when people say, well, at least you know, you don't have it that bad. And they compare you to someone else. It's like the idea of comparing trauma, the idea of comparing something that's hard in your life. And I realize that the intention can be good behind this of, well, you don't have it so bad, but that takes away the power of someone's pain. And that takes away, you're diminishing what's happening within you. You're pushing down your own emotions. And that is not appropriate because your emotions are just as important as anybody else's and you don't need to get in this comparison game because that's not helpful to anybody. I know that again, this intention could be good of, oh, well, if you see somebody else has more trauma or a bad, worse situation than yours, you cannot feel as bad about yours. But the reality is you're not in that situation. You're in your situation. So going into the comparison comparison game doesn't assist in any way because you still have to deal with the emotions that come up and the reactions that come up when you're dealing with your own stuff. So thinking of this part of where our internal is creating our external reality, we do know that's true. And, you know, these airplane analogy and filling your own bucket, let's dive a little bit deeper into mindfulness. And real quick, I do want to touch on that internal created external So this idea gets lost a lot in translation, right? Like I said earlier, we focus on our external, what's happening in our lives. But we know in this deep core truth of ours that when our internal, 
when we feel good and we're connected and we're in alignment and we're happy and we're really embracing kind of different things that are going on in our lives, or even if we're not happy, but we're embracing that, we recognize how much it does create the external reality, right? When you think about how you react, because you react differently to different things, your energy is different. The exchange with the universe, the exchange with other people, whatever you're looking at is, is different. So your internal, how you feel, how you think, how you are putting out energy, that does create not only everything in your external, but how you're going to react to your external environment. So keep that in mind. So I want to share um, kind of this idea as we move into mindfulness. And we're kind of all aware of what keeps us alive, right? We're aware, you know, of our breathing and how our body functions and just these different aspects that have to keep us alive. So we know what it feels like to be alive. But the difference is, do we know what it feels like to be alive or do we know what it feels like to be surviving, right? Think about that. If we're not in a place of being mindful and we're not present, are we really alive or are we surviving? There's a really big distinction that happens here because if we're just surviving, we're moving through the motions, right? We're going into this place where it's just ticking things off. And I talk a lot about that, of how you're just moving through your day and marking things off your to-do list. And I talk about it so much and I bring it up because it happens to so many of us and it is a really easy way to become passive in your life. So mindfulness, again, we hear it a lot. We hear it in you know, traditional therapy techniques. We hear it in uh, meditation, mindful meditation. We hear it in a lot of different aspects of life. And we look at it, again, as something that's kind of foreign to us, but it's not at all. It's really interesting how we've kind of adapted this in society and what it means because mindfulness is a basic human ability. It's the ability for us to be fully present and aware of what's going on and what we're doing. We're not being overly reactive. We're not being overwhelmed by what's going on. We're not really overly participating in any way. We're just present. And it's something that we naturally possess. Whenever you bring your awareness to what you're experiencing through your senses or, you know, even paying attention to your chakras, your bodies or what or your body, whatever is happening, and even your state of mind through your thoughts and your emotions, you're being mindful. So this is something we practice all the time, right? When you notice a thought, that's mindfulness. When you notice something, you touch something and you notice a sense that's mindfulness. When you eat, it's mindfulness. So the idea of like even mindful eating, right? It goes to this place of where it's like suggesting that we're not being mindful. We are being mindful. It's just increasing the length of time that we are being mindful, right? This is a difference between are we alive and experiencing or are we surviving? If you're just eating, since I said mindful eating, If you're just eating, but you're not really fully present with the taste of the food, that could be the piece where they're saying that you're not mindful, but you're still mindful in the sense that you have some mindfulness because you are tasting the food. So this is really powerful to know and change how we think about this, because when we redefine the fact that we are being mindful in our lives and we're not just completely going through life passively it's a lot easier for us to extend something that we feel like we already know how to do. 
humans really like that sense of comfort. We like to be in a comfort zone. We like to be in that place of something that we know. I talked recently about the subconscious mind and how it'll play small um, and it'll keep you small because it feels it's keeping you safe, right? So this idea of comfort is safe. So if we look at, oh my gosh, I'm already mindful in certain aspects. It's not that I'm not mindful or present in my life at all. It's just bringing more present time in. I think I mentioned this too, and I believe the first episode, and I still don't know the exact statistic of it, but the percentage of how much time we spend in the past and the future is bizarre. It's something like ends up being, we only spend like 10% or less in the present moment, which is really where that mindfulness would be taking place. But if we're not in the present moment, we can't actively create. We can only create, manifest, and live and experience in the present moment. We can change how we are interpreting things in the past or the future, but that again happens within the present, changes what happens in the present moment. So mindfulness is kind of that secret tool of the more you engage in mindfulness, mindfulness means being present, being fully present and experiencing, the more you have power to create and experience and enjoy and love your life right? You're being alive. You're going from living to from surviving. So let's talk about the root chakra a little bit. And I know this can be a little woo-woo for some people, but your chakras are really powerful. Your body has, um, there's different schools of thoughts on this, but there's seven main chakras within your body. And they're these energetic places in your body and they correlate in different areas of your body. And sometimes we think that correlates with the meaning, um, which it can in some way, but not always. But the root chakra is kind of at the base of your spine. It's almost like your your tailbone. Um, it's really the grounding source. And mindfulness is all about grounding, right? Because if you're grounded, you are in the present moment. So the more we can focus on grounding, the more mindful we can learn to be. So I want to talk about just a little bit with the root chakra about what it means when you're out of balance, like what you experience or what you can feel. And then we'll dive into really some ways to ground a little bit more to help in the mindfulness um, and a little easy tip and trick. And then we'll, f- we'll finish up with some, um, well, we'll finish up with some goodies, but I'll leave that there. <laughs> so your root chakra, when it's really out of balance, can manifest in physical ways. Um, we tend to pay attention a lot more, again, if we're not being mindful, when something occurs within our physical body that demands our attention. So when your root chakra is out of balance, you can experience arthritis. You'll notice kind of leg or knee pain. And again, think about this as this is your foundation. So if you're standing on your legs, you're having leg and knee pain, that makes sense, right? Constipation is a huge one. If you have constipation in your life and you are an adult and you have constipation a lot, you are very ungrounded. And this, to be honest, this is going to be TMI, but no worries. Um, When I experience constipation, I know I'm ungrounded. So then I go to doing some grounding meditations or some, you know, walking on in the grass with bare feet or whatever it is to kind of just reset and help again that energy move through, right? Because if you think of constipation, it's stuck, right? It's you're stuck. You're not flowing. The energy in your body is not flowing. It correlates. We're not one-dimensional beings. We can't, you know, have our physical body working optimally, our emotions kind of out of whack and, and not being, you know, processing and having beautiful flowing energy and everything, right? They all have to work together. We're really complex beings and it's really beautiful, but it means we need to pay attention. Another thing you could notice is you're not feeling like you belong, right? You're feeling like 
you want to escape or you're searching for the next thing constantly, right? You're bouncing around. I think sometimes we like to push this off in society as like instant gratification or, you know, maybe younger generations aren't willing to work as hard, right? There's kind of these ideas, but also if you think about younger generations, think about how much time they spend on social media or how much time they spend on thinking about the external, right? Even body image, all this different stuff. It's the external appearance things. If we take a look back inside and see, okay, they're searching for the next thing or they're constantly bouncing, we can see that they don't feel rooted. They don't feel grounded. Another thing that you could notice is ADHD, ADD. People that get that diagnosis, again, you think about it, they are not fully grounded within themselves. Um, Last thing I'll say too is especially in men, the male reproductive system and the prostate cannot be working appropriately. Um, This is where you know, things again are not fully flowing how they should be flowing. Um, The root chakra is really, really, it's at the root because it's so important. And I want to say too, a lot of times when you're looking at affirmations, which we dove a little bit into in the last um, episode about how I differentiate kind of ask or affirmations and like intentions. So I don't really love affirmations, but a lot of times we'll, we'll hear people say like, start with the, um, phrase I am before your affirmations or intentions. And that's actually really what, um, is helps you with the root chakra. That's where you're coming from the root chakra. So some intentions that I have come across that I feel like really are helpful with, the root chakra and when you're trying to help with some mindfulness is talking about I'm connected with the energy of mother earth or I'm connected with my higher power. My body, mind, and spirit are grounded, supported, centered. I'm fully rooted in the present. I'm here fully in the moment, really just bringing that awareness to the present moment. Um, The root chakra, again, is going to go to this place of physical identity. So if we're, and think about that in terms of if you're grounded and you're really within your body and you're, you're fully present in that grounded sense, that makes sense. That is part of your physical identity. It's you're being okay with who you are. You're being in a space of taking up your space unapologetically, right? Um, and then also I do want to say too, I mentioned earlier briefly, the idea of being in the present moment fully is where we can manifest, right? So the root chakra, when you'll see it is always in the color red and red is a really powerful color with, um, kind of representing physical manifestation, right? It's a power color for a lot of other things in society. Red is a really powerful color. It's also a beautiful color, um, that when we look more in the feminine side of things, you'll notice like menstruation and blood. And even though that can be kind of a way that some people don't like to look at it, you think about a woman is really powerful in that time. Um, it's kind of a cycle of rebirth, right? This, this idea of being able to fully show up. So the root chakra is really, really powerful. And it's all about being present and rooted in your body because we're in the present moment. It's all about that mindfulness. Um, so I want to share just a couple of things that can really help with that. Um, one of them is essential oils. And I know that essential oils for some people are not a huge thing, but I want to say a couple that are really powerful. Um, 
because I think that they can assist us in our practices when we are practicing to become more mindful. So the first one is cedarwood. Cedarwood is awesome for calming and relaxing somebody down. Juniper is the next one. Um, I talked about, again, that idea that the energy and your full physical body and your emotions all need to be in this beautiful sense of flow. Juniper increases circulation and regeneration in your physical body. It also helps with energy, right? Um, Vetiver, I never say that one right, (laughs) Um, is really good because it psychologically helps you stabilize. It's a really stabilizing kind of beautiful, powerful um, oil when I talked about ADHD, this is really powerful when people use this with students that have ADHD or children that have ADHD. Um, two more, cinnamon. This helps with us feeling restless or in lack. When we're in lack energy, we are not grounded. We are not being mindful. We're thinking about external again, about what we don't have. So when you notice that your thought patterns are going to lack or your emotions are in a lack space, you're not being mindful. And I keep bringing this up like these of how you know, because when you are able to notice that you're not being grounded or in this place of um, really being present, that's when we can shift it. So that's really where the power comes from is recognizing and learning to recognize because we know how to do different things like this, right? I said, mindfulness is something we already possess. So it's not creating a new anything. It's bringing alive. And I always like to tell my clients too, that everything you need is already within you. There is never going to be something outside of you that you need. You might be directed to something outside of you to assist in bringing something else within you up, or you might have a coach help you um, bring something up, or you might have somebody assist you in helping with messages from your guides or whatever it is. Um, But you have the power within you, right? Because we know that we can only control ourselves. The only thing that we can change or move forward or do anything is with ourselves. Our internal is what we have the power to choose over. So mindfulness, again, secret superpower. Last one I will say is cypress. Cypress is a really powerful oil. It does several of those things, calming, relaxing, um, really a stabilizing, beautiful one. So a practice for this that you could use is, um, through your feet. Essential oils are really, really powerful. So you're only going to need like a drop or two, putting it on your fingers. Um, if you go on the foot spine, um, go all the way down kind of to the inside of your foot, um, down like the ankle bone, um, and put two drops, take your fingers in a clockwise motion and do that for three times. It really will help in any practice that you're doing. Because a lot of times too, when we're using, um, we can use yoga to do that. We can use meditation to go into a place of mindfulness. We can use breath work. We can use all these different things. So that's a really helpful way. Um, Then bring your feet together. Because again, we're going back to that place of grounding and help them go in a clockwise motion. Um, The other piece too that I will say is that if you put it on your palms, uh, and again, this is really, and be careful too, sometimes you need to dilute. um, So do some research about when you're using essential oils because they are very, very powerful and very potent. Um, Put some in your hands, rub it together, and take a couple deep breaths in um, through your nose, out through your mouth. This helps it go into your limbic system, which is where a lot of our emotions lie. Um, So this pulls on that emotional aspect too. Again, we're not 
one-dimensional beings. We have to focus on the physical, emotional, mental, energetic, spiritual, all these different aspects of ourself that we function on. So we want to make sure our practices are including all of those things. The next thing that you've heard me touch on is, right, I said smell, touch, all these different things. Really awesome tool that I think is so easy to remember and just so easy to do anytime, anywhere. I'm all about those tools where people do not notice that you're doing things because we experience emotions when it might not be the ideal time to experience them, right? If we're in a meeting and we notice a lot of anxiety or you know, we're noticing that we're really depressed and we're in the car with somebody or whatever it is, those emotions still have to be processed. We don't want to push and bottle down those emotions. We might need to come back to them to deeply help them, but bringing yourself to the present moment can assist with that of saying, okay, I'm not going to ignore that emotion. However, I'm going to bring myself to the present moment so I can be in a better place to be prepared first to deal with that and also uh, to help ground because when we're grounded, we can process emotions a lot better, which makes sense again. So this tool is um, has many different variations, but it's going through your five senses. So what this looks like is you're going to move through your five senses and you're going to count down. I love counting just so you know, because it occupies that conscious mind, right? Same concept with box breathing. If you're occupying the conscious mind, you can't be stuck in a ruminating thought pattern. You can't be stuck in negative self-talk. You have to think about counting. Um, so five senses you start with, I always start with the easiest one, which is what you can see. I'm going to go through and do five things that I can see in my environment currently. I'm going to list those things. Next, I'm going to go to here. Um, And you can do these in any order. It doesn't necessarily matter. I always just think I like to do ones that um, are easier because sometimes it's more immediate. But also if you're challenging yourself to find things, you know, like four things that you can taste or whatever, that's totally fine. Um, So if I'm doing four things that I can hear, you go down each time. And then I'm doing three things that I can touch two things that I can smell and one thing that I can taste. And that can be even like water, whatever it is. You go through kind of the five senses while you're counting down. This really helps you get present in your body. It really helps you experience through your body. Again, the whole goal is that we're living and alive, not just surviving. Um, So this is a really great one to use. Next, I want to talk about breathing. So I'm saying that mindfulness is your superpower, but breathing is also a beautiful superpower. We don't really think about it often because we don't have to think about it because our body just does it, which is incredible. Um, It's an automatic thing. It's something that keeps us alive, but it's also the most powerful thing that we have. And I might be biased in this, but I think that how you breathe is so incredibly powerful because it tells your body emotions. It calms your body. It's literally the power to do anything. It can change how we move forward in every single action. Like like I said, it can change the entire reaction occurring within your body. It resets stress hormones, uh, can bring you out of anxiety, bring you to the present moment. Um, And it also stimulates your brain, which is crazy awesome because when you give your brain more oxygen, it has the ability to think more powerfully, right? Um, It also allows us to kind of do things that we didn't think were possible. Our breath is so incredibly powerful. Um, so let's chat about, um, some conscious deep breathing. 
And I, I want to challenge people because I think that sometimes we can, we get into this place of like, where I just don't have time. Like I have so much stuff to do. And again, we know on the conscious level that if we take a step back and we take breaks, we actually come and are able to function more clearly, but we get into this place where we tell ourselves like, we don't have time to even take breaks. Um, And I just want to put this in perspective because I am like, I function a lot better when I'm able to like call out my own bullshit. Really? I mean, when I'm able to call out those thinking patterns that are just keeping me and holding me back, I'm able to function a lot better. So I say you take like at least five minutes. I think sometimes 10 minutes, well, more you can do obviously is the better, but let's say five minutes for this. So five minutes a day to prioritize your breathing or even like five minutes every two hours to prioritize your breathing. And if you're going to sit there and say you don't have the time to do this, first of all, I want you to shift that and say, this is not important to me and I will not make the time. Because telling ourselves we don't have the time is a lie. How much time do we, I don't like saying waste, but how much time do we do things like scrolling Instagram or scrolling reels? Man, I could get sucked into those. (laughs) Um, Or even like watching Netflix or doing these different things. It blows my mind when I like make a list. I'm a very type A person. So when I make a list of everything that I need to get done in the day and I don't like I put times for breaks or I put time for like a walk or working out or whatever it is, but I have all the things that I need to get done that day for personal. Um, I'm in my master's program. So school, um, my you know business stuff, uh, work, whatever it is. And you put that stuff in and then I bust it out and don't like watch Netflix or scroll on Instagram. Like I'm very dedicated. It blows my mind how much I can get done. Sometimes it doesn't feel great again, because we go back to that idea of like, am I just checking off things on my to-do list? Possibly, but like recording an episode for the podcast could be on there. And I love doing that. Like, this is so much fun for me. I love jumping on and chatting. Um, so, I mean, some stuff can be fun, but I digress. (laughs) Um, So thinking about this, when we're not distracted and we tell ourselves, I don't have time to do this, how does it feel to say, this is not important to me and I will not make the time? Pay attention to that. Pay attention to the lies that you tell yourself because we are really, really good at rationalizing. We can rationalize anything we do, anything. You can rationalize it. You can tell yourself anything to rationalize it, right? Um, So... Become aware of how you prioritize is basically the bottom line of that. Because again, are we living and experiencing or are we surviving? Next piece of this, when you tell yourself that you don't have five to 10 minutes a day to prioritize the literal thing that is keeping you alive and will help you keep you sane, we don't look at it that way. If we work 40 hours a week, sleep eight hours a night during a week, every single night, we still have 72 hours a week. Is that not insane to think about? If you work 40 hours a week, sleep eight hours every single night, you still have 72 hours a week. Like, what do we do with that time? We might get more sleep. We might work more. But eventually, like, even if you're working, let's say you work like a 60-hour work week and you're still sleeping eight hours a night, you still have 52 hours a week. So it's just crazy to think about, right? It's not all about the hustle anymore. It's really about giving yourself space to live and have fun and be present. 
So think about that when you're saying, I just don't have the time. Sometimes that gets, can be the case, right? I get it. Like if you have a deadline for a meeting or a paper or whatever it is, it can be stressful. Absolutely. But take five minutes, three minutes, and just be mindful about what's going on within you. And it'll change. It'll change a ton. The other thing else too, I'll say is, um, I don't just say like meditation is the best way to do anything. Um, and I love meditation. I think it's awesome. And I like yoga and all these different things, but any way that you can find to be mindful for you, that really brings you within is awesome. Because a lot of times people say like meditation is just not for me. I don't, and I get that. Like if you're thinking that meditation is just this idea of you sitting and you have to sit cross-legged and have your hands open and you just have to sit there and not think about anything. I can understand why meditation would not work. My brain doesn't work that way. (laughs) It takes practice to get there where you're really able to more um, notice your thoughts and not necessarily engage with them and let them pass. But make the idea of meditation work for you, right? If you guys haven't noticed this about me, I do not like that there is a certain way that people in society like make something has to be that way. Like the idea of a word or like the fact that selfish is a bad word. If you think about the idea of that, it's just mind blowing. I get that it can go to an extreme. Yeah. If you're not caring about other people, but the effect that we label so many things as selfish when it's just taking time for ourselves is bizarre, right? So the same idea with meditation, make it work for you. If meditation is um, taking a sip of your coffee and enjoying that, excellent. If it is taking a walk or if it's petting your animal, like that's totally fine. There's no right or wrong way to do meditation. The entire goal is, again, to get back to that naturally possessed idea of mindfulness that we already have. Um, And to also, on this note, like remember that no one has the answer for you right? You already, again, possess everything you need, but you get to choose like how mindfulness works for you. Um, So let me just double check here. Uh, I know I kind of just kept chatting and chatting, but anyways, breathing is a power that we already possess, just like mindfulness, right? But it all, like these get so overlooked. They're so significant and they get crazy overlooked. But again, if we label the exact things that keep us alive and sane as insignificant, what does that enforce to our subconscious, right? And our subconscious truly rules how we walk through life. Like if you tell yourself that it's not important to focus on being present or mindful, and it's not important to focus on your breathing because it's just automatic in life, you're reinforcing your subconscious that these things are not important to you which are part of the essence of our being, right? So they are really important to us. So I want you to show yourself that you matter. I want you to take a minute and just really bring your attention to yourself. Bring yourself into the present moment. Bring yourself into your body and notice just like what you're experiencing. Notice your breath. I think that sometimes when I'm overwhelmed or I notice that I need to really be mindful, my first easiest thing for me to do is focus on my breathing, focus on my breathing pattern and just notice it. Like I don't have to change it. You can take deep breaths. You can mess around with box breathing. You can do different yoga breaths. You can do whatever you want. Um, But I always think that even just focusing on like the rise and fall of your chest and stomach is really powerful. And you really have to start somewhere. Um, Breathing is such a beautiful and necessary place too. So 
when we're doing this and you're bringing yourself to that present moment, you're focusing on mindfulness and you're really showing up for yourself. Go back to that place of the airplane theory or the internal creating the external or the idea that you have to fill your own cup before someone else's. Think about how easy it is for us to do this, right? Think about how easy it is for us to put on our own oxygen mask before someone else's. Think about how easy it is to take 30 seconds to focus on your breath. Think about how easy it is to notice the sensations that happen within. It's easy for us to do these. The challenge is implementing them, right? Because it's different than what we're used to. It's not out of our comfort zone. Sometimes people say, you know, different is where it's out of your comfort zone. But again, we naturally possess these things. So it's not like uprooting something or stopping something or changing a behavior. It's just reminding ourselves that mindfulness matters and being in the present moment matters and breathing matters, right? These are amazing superpowers that you have within. These are amazing medicine, if you will, right? We talk about laughter being medicine. Yes, but also mindfulness and your breath are powerful medication that you have. These are things that help us regulate all of our experiences. They control how we move through life, right? It is bizarre to look at different breathing techniques because there's a lot of studies that show that we don't actually take full deep breaths. Um, and, it, and there's you know studies for everything, but it's really, really interesting to see that if you sit with someone and you talk to them about you know taking a deep breath and you hear, like even when I start my sessions with clients, I always have us take three deep breaths together um, to really like ground and regulate our energy, right? But my deep breath is very different than somebody else's. So really just noticing this beautiful difference, but also noticing what feels right to you. Again, nobody else is going to have it for you. You get to choose what feels good for you. That is part of the mindful piece. Because if you are trying to do something and it doesn't feel right, you're not listening again to your body, which is the entire point of this practice, entire point of mindfulness, entire point of going into those senses. So start showing up for yourself and move into that breath, move into mindfulness, move into this idea. Remember that your ex or your internal creates your external. When you are mindful, present, and focusing on what really matters in life, you give your attention and energy to those. What we focus on grows, right? What you give your energy towards grows. So by being happier and being more mindful and doing these beautiful things that are already natural to your body, you get to bring more joy and power into the things that already matter. It is incredible how complicated we like to make things. <laughs> we, I mean, and, and I get it, like as science continues and there's all these different things that we keep finding and we are compl complex beings with a lot of different ways that we function, but there are some very simple things that do really incredible things for us and breathing and meditate or, and being mindful um, through whatever that looks like meditation, yoga, taking a sip of that coffee, petting your animal, like there, how it affects you is incredible. So 
that is all I have for you guys today. I hope that was helpful. And I know it's so much information, but I just wanted to talk about mindfulness a bit because I think that it gets overlooked and it's an amazing tool. Um, also, let me know what else you guys want to hear. Reach out with anything um, that you want me to dive in deep, deeper or any help that you may need. I am happy to show up. This is a place for you um, to come on and really have a safe place to engage and learn and grow. I mean, that's what we're here for. This is actually a zero judgment space of you know, what we've done or, or where we're at, we have all learned different behaviors and that's okay. But the exciting part is we get to change those. We get to change what really works best for us. Um, also, please subscribe, rate, and review. I want to hear from you guys. Um, I want to, again, show up for you guys and would love to hear what you think. Thank you guys so much for listening. You are amazing. Have a beautiful rest of your day and take some time to focus on you and your breathing today. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.